Mimeo Talk of the Trade, sharing marketing and sales success stories. Hey everyone, Mike McNary here. Welcome and thank you for joining another episode of Mimeo's Talk of the Trade podcast. Talk of the Trade is where we share sales and marketing success stories with the hope that you, our audience, get some great takeaways that you can implement yourselves, across your teams, and in general back in the office. Big news today is that we are on Spotify. For those of you who want to track down our podcast or any new episodes, please make sure you check us out on Spotify and make sure to subscribe uh, to our podcast. So thank you for those of you who have done that already. And thanks for all the great feedback uh, out of the gate. We appreciate it. Our episode today is called Working Together, Not Apart, Three Marketing and Sales Alignment Secrets. Our guest is Amanda Wang, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Contino. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks for having me. We're really excited. We appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Uh, I know you bring to the table uh, a lot, you know, beyond 13 years of marketing experience. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Contino and what you're doing there today as their VP of marketing? Sure. So Contino is a global technology transformation consultancy. Uh, so we're in the professional services hmm. business. We work with the world's largest enterprise companies, mainly in financial services, telco, healthcare. We have a global presence with six offices worldwide. We're headquartered in the UK. Um, and what's really interesting about Contino is that um, even in my time there for the past almost three years, we moved from a startup into part of the Cognizant family. So we've just been on this amazing growth tra trajectory and we are still going. What I do there in marketing is pretty much oversee our strategy and how we can continue growing, um, making sure we have a strong brand presence and you know, making sure that all that marketing is working to achieve aligns with what we're trying to look for as a business. Wonderful. And what's your team look like? You said you're, you're, you know, stacked across the globe and now part of the Cognizant family. What is your team specifically? Uh, how is it structured? Yeah, so we have marketers across our three main regions. So that's the U.S., the U.K., and APAC. Uh, the roles are pretty diverse in that we do have specialists in things such as content, design, uh, marketing operations, fielding comms, and then we have more general roles where we oversee the specific needs of each region because they are a little bit different and there's different nuances as you go across the globe. Gotcha. And uh, anything specifically this year that you guys are prioritizing beyond, you know, maximizing revenue, of course, uh, <laughs> any big projects that you and your team are tackling globally? Yeah, I think that we've been really hitting our stride in identifying who we are, especially as part of the Cognizant family. But beyond our growth goals and hitting high revenue targets, it's having deeper engagements with some of the clients we're working with. So, you know, that is larger engagements, uh, going into different departments that we're working with at these companies and creating more of an impact. So creating that actual shift and change that the customer is looking for. Wonderful. And uh, what's your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job is definitely the culture of Contino. I think it's just a great place to uh, have ideas that you can actually execute on and get the green light. And, you know, there's a lot of creative freedom. So that makes me excited as a marketer. And, you know, we can try out whatever we want. If it fails, it fails. And if it's a success, just keep on going. 
That's great. I mean, anytime you hear culture as being the, the top thing, when someone's talking about their company, they're probably doing something right, you know? So very interesting. And, and again, we're really excited to have you and very impressive what you and your team are tackling at Contino. Uh, as I said before, today's episode is going to be called Work Together, Not Apart, Three Marketing and Sales Alignment Secrets. We're going to be getting into some specifics about best-in-class sales and marketing alignment, but do you have any sort of overarching philosophy or mantra when it comes to this subject? Yeah, and I guess it's obvious in the title, but I truly believe that sales and marketing teams should work together as partners. And I realize this does not sound groundbreaking at all, but hmm. really think about it. Take the mental and cultural shift. It's not about handoffs and it's not just keeping each other informed about what you're doing. It's about actually having shared goals, shared concerns, and supporting one another at the highest level. So in my experience at organizations, large and small, across all different industries, I have often seen a little bit of negativity between the teams or even blame culture when it comes to working together. But ultimately get over it <laughs> because you're in it together. You're both the growth engine of the company. So marketing and sales absolutely have to partner up for success. Yeah. I like that a lot. Kind of one team approach. It sounds like, right? Yes. How do you uh, feel like you work uh, today with your current sales partner on the other side of the fence? Yeah. So um, I think that we have a great relationship in that we do go into things together. So, um, you know, oftentimes it's looked as marketing is helping to support sales and we just hand things off over to them. And then who knows what happens? It just doesn't work like that for me. So, you know, something I'll give a little bit of an anecdote here. So a shout out to my sales partner, Dan Grace at Contino, but something he does in all of our weekly catch ups is at the end of every meeting, he says, or he asks me, is there anything else my team can do to support you? And it's just one little question, but it means so much because marketing does need the support of sales too. It's not just a one way or one directional sort of transaction. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's that's a true partner, right? What can I do for you versus the other way around? Doesn't always work out that way. So uh, it sounds like you're pretty lucky when it comes to you know a partner on the other side. So. Well done, Dan, right? Uh, so let's get into some specifics. You know, we're talking about three marketing and sales alignment secrets. You know, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you're thinking secret number one for, you know, success between sales and marketing partnerships? Yeah, so this falls straight from my philosophy and my anecdote, but it's establishing behaviors that teams can implement to work together better. Okay. Meaning, you know what, it's a team effort. We're all, we're all working towards the same goal. Let's not look at this adversarially, but instead collaboratively. Uh, I like that a lot. Is there, you know, a particular, you know, behavior or, you know, I guess philosophy that you have to drive into these teams to get that sort of approach from both sides? Um, yeah. So I think that one thing that's really important is transparency and accountability, so being honest with one another with what's working and what isn't working. So just as much as a sales team would like to know which campaigns are great successes, they also want to know which ones are flopping so they won't harp on, you know, going after that strategy. And likewise for me, I'd like to know what leads are turning into real opportunities. What is the feedback they're getting from the ground? 
And, you know, it's just being super transparent. And again, back to that blame culture, not blaming one another, but saying, okay, that didn't work. Let's get over it. Let's do the next thing and figure this out together. Yeah. yeah. If you have that shared perspective of, of working together and, and being a true partnership, that open dialogue can, can be a lot more productive uh, than it would be if you don't have that atmosphere, right? It can come across as that, you know, blame oriented or, um, you know, uh, contradictory to your goals, right? So makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, when defining this, you know, collaborative approach and driving the right behaviors from your team, you know, how much of it is about, you know, making sure that both sides have their eyes on the same prize or the same goals? Um, Oh, absolutely. We need to have the same shared goals and goals should be transparent to the business. We always talk about what the business targets are, what the sales targets are to achieve that business target, things like that. So, you know, if I I don't see enough pipeline, that's something I should access myself, but I know to, you know, amp up my marketing efforts to make sure we get there. And, you know, it's not just the sales team's issue or problem. It's my problem too. And we need to solution together. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, heard uh, that a successful uh, approach for a lot of teams has been get marketing involved in the sales cycle really early on, like let them sit in on sales calls or even sales development calls, let them get an idea of what those customer engagements look, feel and sound like. Um, Are you doing anything like that over Contino that's been successful? Yeah, so um, some things that we do, um, I'm very involved in the sales cycle, you could say. So that's not just top of funnel and passing on leads, but I need to hear that feedback of what case studies or what pieces of content um, they're really liking in meetings, which even which diagrams and which pieces of a presentation are resonating so that we know to do more of that or to bring in deeper expertise in those areas through our content. Um, That's all really important. And then also we can share this information across our uh, different areas. Um, I think marketing is very much a core piece of a company and sales is a little bit more spread out. So we can share those learnings across different regions, across different salespeople. Um, It's all about sharing really. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, if you both have an open ear to the customer or to the prospect, you know, that that shared perspective really starts to become easy to to find, right? Because you're hearing it directly from the source. What's important? What are they looking for? What is it that they want to get out of this engagement with you at Contino or another organization, um, you know, whoever's selling and marketing uh, to a particular audience? So, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'd imagine that marketing leverages that intel to do a lot by way of campaigns. And, you know, in general, the more informed that you both are, the better behaviors you can drive and then ultimately attack the market better. Totally. If I'm hearing there's feedback in a meeting where this huge CIO is interested in something because it's a challenge they have, they can't possibly be the only CIO to have that issue. I'm like, okay, we need to make some content about this. This is a hot topic. Let's you know, get everything running and, you know, act on it quickly. Totally. And I think you're right. It, it, that's a really good point. And when you hear something, it's, it's also helpful that that open dialogue is going to help you identify what, what's a red herring. What's something that maybe has come up once, but isn't truly a problem in the market or isn't an obstacle that, you know, you would be, uh, you know, well served to try to uh, eliminate for your customer base. And then what is real, right? What is being heard repetitively and what is coming up from call to call and from engagement to engagement? Yeah. So that's really great. I I think uh, I buy into that, right? You have to have the right behaviors and the right collaborative approach 
um, from the top down, if you're going to want these teams, sales and marketing specifically to work together and to have, you know, a shared ownership over uh, outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. So very good. Um, What's another secret? What's another secret to your sales and marketing alignment success, Amanda? For me, it is transparent data and success metrics. So I know some people will cringe at this, but it's Mm. it's so important to have data hygiene. (laughs) Okay. Um, With that, it's, you know, you have to be really accurate and honest in whatever your source of truth is. So for us, that's Salesforce. You could use another CRM. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. Hopefully you're not, but uh, (laughs) there has to be some source of truth and, you know, being able to report on metrics. So when I'm seeing a lead come through, I want to know if it was good enough. I want to know if it was acted on. I want to know if it turned into an opportunity and what that opportunity's potential revenue is and you know how long it took. So all these things help me get better and help my team understand what campaigns are driving sales. And, you know, I want all of this, but I want it immediately. And <laughs> I want yeah. it accurate. So, you know, it just cuts out a lot of noise and a lot of back and forth. If you can find these pieces of information and these, you know, these metrics easily. Yep. And and find them and and believe in them and have a shared definition, right? I've, I've talked to, uh, you know, uh, people in marketing and sales and and various organizations. And sometimes there's a different perspective on exactly what an MQL is or what an SQO is. And I think um, having a shared and bought into definition is is a great starting point when it comes to this. Do, Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I definitely think that we, you know, whenever we onboard somebody new to a team or even just every few months to catch up and make sure we're aligned on what these metrics are. So what is an MQL? I never want to have a salesperson come back to me and say this lead wasn't good enough and right. it should be an MQL. That should never happen. Um, we always want to be passing on the right lead. So there, there has to be alignment in understanding what our definitions are. Yep. And I'd imagine, you know, you hear so often in marketing and sales teams that, you know, things that they might be doing great, but their counterparts on the other side aren't, aren't you know, uh, carrying their weight, so to speak. But I think you having these shared perspectives and, and clearly defined targets and metrics helps avoid that. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So once you have, you know, everybody has a shared perspective and understanding on what we're going after, right? Marketing is trying to create, you know, leads of this nature. Uh, Sales is trying to create, you know, opportunities that look like this. And ultimately, in the end, of course, revenue. So you have all these, we'll call them KPIs or, you know, we'll call them the, the most important metrics for everyone to kind of keep an eye on. How do you make sure that they're front and center for everyone? Yeah, uh, that goes back to the source of truth and, you you know, making sure that you have a team that understands how to not only read metrics, but to report on them, Uh, whether you're building out really smart automation from the marketing side, you have people who are building out the right reports and dashboards for you to access. Uh, It could be a sales dashboard, a marketing dashboard, a combination of both. Um, I love looking at all these different metrics. And that's how you begin your meeting when you're talking to sales. The first thing you go look at is what's our pipeline? What is our what do our leads look like? You, You start with the dashboard and then you can get into 
more of the anecdotes and stories and the pursuits and, you know, more of the, the storytelling around what's behind the opportunities. But first, always start with metrics. Yeah, there's always there's always color to it, but you have to have something to build off of. And uh, the data is where it's got to start. I completely agree. And, you know, you, you made a comment before, which was, uh, I think, really telling is, you know, they have to understand the metrics too, right? You can't put these front and center, even if you're really diligent about making them available and, um, you know, focused upon in meetings, engagements, one-on-ones. If the team doesn't know exactly what to make of the data that you're putting in front of them and, and understand really what it means and how important it is to your mission and the organization, um, it, it really, it, it, it's, it's, it's missing the pitch, right? And you're not yeah. getting uh, out of it what you want. Yeah, that's something I always say. I think sometimes organizations can become obsessed with metrics. So don't just report on things for the sake of reporting on them. They actually have to tell a story and it has to be an actionable story. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't measure it, you're probably unlikely to improve it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. Well, you know, when it comes to those best practices, is this something that, you know, you make available to both sides? So sales and marketing has access to this data on their own. Do you push it out to them proactively? Is this something that's, you know, in their inbox on a daily basis? What have you found most effective in terms of making sure it's being consumed and, and kind of tracked by everyone involved? Yeah, I think it's really important to have dashboards available to everyone and even creating customized dashboards for people who are eager and, you know, live in the metrics too. Uh, Beyond that, you know, they can access it. But beyond that, um, I think email alerts are really important, um, knowing when certain actions take place or when there's a change to an opportunity. Um, I'm sure not every marketer, but certainly for me, I always want to know when there's a change to an opportunity. So I get that Salesforce alert in my inbox and I find it so beneficial to know what's going on. Yeah, I agree. On the, on the sales side of things, that I love having the dashboards, right? It's got to be the right data, like you said, right? You can customize it for your audience. So, but so long as the key metrics are, are, are kind of seen on a consistent basis by all, all those that are invested in them. But having it hit your inbox at, at a repeated time or, you know, daily or twice a day, um, I think it's really compelling. It gives you a moment in the middle of the day to kind of check in and say, how are we doing against our, our key initiatives, yes. you know? Good. No, I think there's a lot of good takeaways there about, you know, the importance of data, how to highlight successes, you know, identify areas for improvement and use it to get buy-in from everyone and shared perspective on success. So uh, mm-hmm. good points, Amanda. Now, secret for sales and marketing alignment is what, in your opinion? It is prioritizing customer success. Excellent. I think organizations talk a lot about driving customer success or being customer centric. And I think, you know, everyone has the best of intentions when it comes to this. But, you know, in your opinion, how can making this, you know, a real priority, one that you you live and breathe everyone every day um, and everyone's bought into it? How does this help drive successful sales and marketing partnerships? Yes. So I think that customer success or, you know, customer experience that is popping up more and more, Um, even in professional services, the clients that we work with, they can be making all these technology improvements, but it's ultimately to drive customer engagement and satisfaction on that end. Um, So really the customer is king. We hear that phrase a lot, but marketing and sales, um, I think one thing to recognize that is that they are part of customer success. Marketing and sales don't end when, you know, the, the customer signs the dotted line and signs off on a deal. The job continues. It just takes a little bit of a shift. 
Yeah. And are you talking more primarily about, you know, uh, marketing helping with the, the cross sell or the upsell effort or even the reduction of churn? Yeah, um, I think that it's all of the above. So um, for sales, they're always looking for new opportunities within an existing customer or to make sure that the current one renews or continues to engage. And marketing is definitely a part of that. Um, you know, we try to put in effort in making sure that the customer feels like they're they signed on to something great. Uh, the work being done always needs a lot of PR um, around it to make sure that the customer understands that there is a change and that they should be happy with what's happening. And then it is sort of like the sales process again in exploring new opportunities with a customer. Um, so I, I definitely think that, you know, the sales cycle is not just down a funnel. It actually flips over in a sense. So if you think of the traditional sales funnel and it kind of winds down, then it takes a flip. So then you're trying to grow and expand what you're doing with mm -hmm. that customer and trying to spread the message, which is part of marketing, and then ultimately get more signatures and more revenue, which is sales. Yep. All right. When you talk about turning that funnel upside down, a term I really like, what's different or what's most similar about how you as a marketing organization work with customer success versus how you work with sales? Yeah, so where I work now at Contino, it is really unique in that we are professional services. So we have our engineers delivering on engagements and we actually implement what we call a squad model. So every squad um, has a marketer within that squad. And what the biggest, you know, the biggest thing we do is that we try to create brand awareness around what we're doing with that client. So that's making a lot of noise about, you know all the victories we've had, how we've upskilled their teams, how we've improved their metrics, how they're doing things quicker, better, saving money in the long run. You know, you can do great work, but if you're not putting noise around it or championing it, it doesn't really matter because it's really the ultimate stakeholders and those who might not be interacting with you day to day that have the sign off. And if they don't know about it, then there's not really much point and not much opportunity for sales to step in and say, hey, let's continue working together or introduce me to other people at the company. Yeah. And that's, wow, that's really uh, interesting, aggressive, and I think probably effective to have that one-to-one -one relationship in some cases with a marketer and a new customer. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when you're kind of creating those success stories, right? This is what's going on in, you know, new customer A relationship. You're building your brand internally and really trying to drive adoption, awareness. That makes a lot of sense to me. How are you then converting that success into something you can leverage for more sales? Yeah, um, so happy customers, they are one of the best tools for any salesperson in achieving new business. Uh, you really have to use the art of storytelling. And I think case studies are a fantastic way to tell the narrative of what we've done at a customer and how you can do it too. Um, and beyond that, if the, you can find avenues for current customers that are happy to interact with your prospects, you barely have to do anything as a salesperson, not to diminish the job, but you have this amazing wingman who's singing your praises and you know they're not part of your organization, that prospect is gonna be bought in and they're gonna be interested in learning more about you.
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I see it all the time. Some of the more uh, successful salespeople or, or, you know, sales professionals are the ones that lean on their customers and their previous successes and let them really, you know, champion their product or their offering um, for them. That third party recognition and testimonial is incredibly impactful. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, without the help of marketing, it's hard to kind of create that at scale, right? You know, we're talking about creating case studies or even press releases about the success that we're having. And salespeople, I think, can do it really well one-to-one, but it's that partnership with marketing that can get it done at a broad level. Yeah. So anytime you're having a successful engagement or you have a happy customer, leverage it to the max. It's the case study. It's a video. It's social media. It's um, having them at an event. You know, leverage that story and spread that story as wide as you can. Yeah, I agree. I, listen, uh, there's there's really no end to what a happy customer can do for you by way of you know sales and marketing partnership and efforts and and the gains you're going to get as you attack the market in new and creative ways. So, um, a lot of that really resonates with me. And I think in in general, Amanda, a lot of great ideas here around these secrets towards successful sales and marketing alignment. Um, you know, again, what I'm hearing from you is one, you have to establish behaviors that are collaborative and are mission-centric. Two, you've got to have transparent data and success metrics that everyone's got to buy into and understand and have visible on a day-to-day basis so they can track progress towards success. And then finally, the two sides got to prioritize customer success. And by doing that, they're going to help create you know, less churn, happier customers, and be able to create at scale um, you know, uh, uh, testimonials of what's going on with their existing customer base that will help drive more revenue for your organization. Yep. Nailed it. Um, you know, these three secrets, I don't think that they're really secrets, but I would encourage anyone listening to do a little bit of self-reflection and make sure you're actually doing it or see how you can do it better because no one's doing these things perfectly. There's always room for growth, always room for improvement. And, you know, there's plenty I can improve as well. Yeah, I love that sentiment. And I think, you know, when we're thinking about doing this podcast in general, that's our hope, right? You know, we know organizations, especially the successful ones, are doing a lot of this. But it is always good to have a moment to say, hey, am I doing this particular idea? Or am I implementing this philosophy? Um, Have I really targeted this initiative with vigor and enthusiasm? What could I do better, right? And I think it's good to take that inventory um, sometimes. So I, I really like that you said that, Amanda. Thank you. Yeah. Again. Thank you overall for joining us. Um, Yeah, no, it's been a treat having you. And I think, um, you know, a lot of expertise and knowledge in this area. And I think um, people look at sales and marketing as two separate things too often versus, uh, uh, you know, uh, teams that should think of themselves as one working towards the same goal. And I think you really nailed it today. So we appreciate you. Thanks. If somebody in our audience wanted to get in touch with you, Amanda, how would they do that? Sure. Um, the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. You can look up Amanda Wang. Uh, my URL or my, my name on there is AIW27. If you want to type that in. Um, yes, that embarrassingly is my old AOL screen name, but it's pages. <laughs> That's great and incredibly ancient of you. I like it. 
So uh, anybody who wants to reach out to Amanda, you know, learn more about Contino or what it might be to work at, at that organization, please, I encourage you. Amanda's got a lot of great ideas, and I'm very excited to have gotten to know her throughout this process and, um, and appreciate it for, for her uh, efforts and her uh, contributions today. So um, with that, we're going to call uh, it a wrap for episode two of Mimeo's Talk of the Trade. We're going to have another episode for you guys in about a month's time. So I encourage you to uh, not only check us out on Spotify, but make sure that you subscribe. We've appreciated the feedback on the first episode and we want it to keep coming. So let us know what you think. Share it with your friends if you think there's valuable uh, uh, takeaways. But in general, we appreciate you guys taking the time to check us out and we'll continue to try to bring you some, some valid and valuable content as we move ahead. So thanks everyone. Thanks, Amanda. Talk of the Trade is hosted by Mimeo, the better way to print. Find out more at www.mimeo.com.